Good morning. How are we doing? Ever wondered how heavy baby Jesus was? I am right now, just holding Michael as he's falling asleep, and I'm thinking, man, I wonder how heavy Jesus was. I wonder if he was like a 10-pounder or a little six-pounder, five pounds. Anyone ever wondered that before? Maybe some mums have, no? That's all right. I'm just going to shift some glasses down here. Um, this morning, we've got some uh, sheets to, to hand out to the kids. And if you're a big kid, you can take one too because there's about 50 sheets. So maybe Nathaniel, Matt and uh, Joseph, do you guys want to run around and uh, hand out uh, those sheets to everyone? And how about just as we're handing out those sheets, turn around to the person beside you, in front of you, give them a high five for Jesus. Welcome to the church this morning. God is good. He loves you. Fantastic. Um, thank you, Lord. How are we going? We've got enough. I think we should have heaps there. There might even be some more on the photocopy if we need them, because I couldn't get them to print. I think I ended up printing 200. <laughs> anyway, God is good. Welcome this morning. Like Sam said, if this morning is your first Sunday here with us, uh, welcome. Uh, this morning might be a little bit different to what you're used to, and I hope that's okay. I hope you enjoy that. Um, but right now, we're going to pray. And kids, I just want to encourage you right now as we pray, I want to encourage you that you can pray too. And you, do know, you don't have to close your eyes to pray. In fact, it's really good if you're driving the car that you don't close your eyes while you're praying. Uh, but kids, I want to encourage you, maybe it's good to close your eyes sometimes to pray just so you can focus on what you're saying and what we're saying to God. So let's just pray together now. God, we thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for what Christmas is truly about. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that you would help us just to stop from all the busyness and all the things that we're doing, to remember again the, the truth, the reality of what Christmas is about, about you coming for us, that we could have life with you and even eternal life through Jesus Christ. I pray today, God, that it would not just be something we remember, but God, that the truth of Christmas would affect our hearts today and every day of our lives, Lord, that the truth of who you are and what you have done, that it would change us, Lord, that it would affect every day of our life, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I wonder, this morning, oh, is that tinsel in the way? We might need to get rid of that tinsel, I think. Oh dear. <laughs> Let's try that. No, are we on the slide, Charlie? Thank you, Lord. God is good, even when our clickers don't work. We, we actually practiced this this morning to make sure it would work. Let's try again. Oh dear. Oh, there we are. What do you want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be a fireman? Do you want to be a zookeeper? Or uh, any of them? <laughs> I wonder what you want to be when you grow up. Well, don't think too long about it, because this morning I want you to do something for me. I want you to, uh, just this morning, consider being something for me. I want you to be a detective. Let's, let's be a detective. Let's get in the zone. We want some detectives here at church this morning, because we are talking about the history of Christmas. We're talking about the history of Christmas, and we're going to check out the facts. What really happened at Christmas time? Are you ready? You ready to, to be a detective this morning, kids? 
And you've got some sheets there to write down the facts as we go. Uh, but before we do that, I need three volunteers. Three volunteers and probably some kids that were here two weeks ago. If you can think back two weeks, what happened two weeks ago. Um, we need three volunteers. We've got one. One volunteer. Another kid. Two more kids. Volunteers. I, I see that hand. I can't see who's under the hat. Yeah, yeah, come on down. And one more. One more. Oh, there we are. Yep. One, two, three. Fantastic. Come on over this way. Now, remember, you're a detective. Oh, I love the hat. She is, she is on the way to being a detective already because to be a detective, you need a good hat. Here we go. There we are. There's your hat. Uh, let's bring the whiteboard over. Yeah, we can keep the music going. I'm liking that. That's reminding everyone we're detectives. We're going to bring the whiteboard up. And we're going to write down some facts about what happened two weeks ago. Have a think about it for a second, just while you do. Because the other thing a good detective needs is a magnifying glass. There we are. Gonna hold the magnifying glass. Here we are. Check out the facts. And of course, you're not a detective unless you have a good cane or stick, whatever it's called. There we are. You can have that with your hat. I didn't even prepare that. That was, it just looked like a fantastic detective. So, detectives, two weeks ago, what happened here in this building two weeks ago? What do you think? What can you think of? Total blanks. <laughs> what happened two weeks ago? They came to church. There we are. It was, church was on. What happened at church? Do you remember? We celebrated. Cel yeah, we started celebrating Christmas. Let's, oh, hang on. I should use a different color because this is a different, different, uh, different, what do you call them? Witness. That's the word you're looking for. Um, we celebrated. Celebrated. And if I spell something wrong, none of you will say anything, will you? Um, what else happened two weeks ago? Kids, do, do we have kids church? Oh, <coughs> it was a special Sunday. Oh, the kids did a special service. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was the kids service. Um, and what else? What, what happened? What, what happened? Do you think of anything else, Talitha? Oh, we had Mary. Mary was here. Oh, you're, you're green, so... Mary, oh, we had an angel. Oh, that was the other witness. Sorry, I just got to get the right witnesses. Uh, there, was, there was lots of angels, someone else said. Oh, hang on, you said, you said lots of angels. Oh, oh, I can't write quick enough. Lots of angels. Um, but, yeah, there was baby Jesus. And what did you say? Joseph was here too. Um, and did we do some songs? Actually, t to be honest, I've got a, a run sheet of what actually happened here, and it says we sang a song after you, uh, after the angel came, but it, I've got a feeling you're going to say that was actually wrong. We, never, we didn't do that, because we don't always follow the order, especially when we forget. Um, <laughs> so there's lots of facts, lots of things. We did some songs. Uh, we'll put that up there too. Fantastic. Thank you to my wonderful detectives. Um, I, I'm going to need my hat back, though. Thank you, detective. And I'm going to need my cane back, but tell you what, you can keep the magnifying glass. <laughs> Sorry, Mum and Dad. <laughs> well done. Let's give our detectives a hand. And you're all thinking, why on earth did we have to check out the facts of Kids Church from two weeks ago? Because I wanted to prove a point that different people remember different things. And we have multiple witnesses of what happened and some of them remember some things and not other things and some said there was an angel, some said there was many angels. And that's even true of our service two weeks ago. 
And you know what's true? The same thing about Jesus is we've got the Bible that tells us about what happened when Jesus was born. We've got different witnesses. And the book of Luke is an account written. He, he, he writes to say, Dear Theophilus, I've researched all the facts, and this is what happened in the, in the life of Jesus. And as we read through the Bible, we see the different witnesses and the different historical facts of what happened at Christmas time. And this morning, what are we being? Detectives. Don't forget. It's like detective hat, detective hat. Check the facts. Get your magnifying glass out ready. It's like, here we go. Okay, so over the last few weeks, we've checked out a few facts already. And you might need to write these down, kids. <coughs> we've checked out Zechariah. We've seen Joseph. We've seen, we've seen the play. We talked about the shepherds last week and what happened to each one of them through that Christmas time. And this morning, of course, who do you think we're going to talk about next? We're going to talk about, of course, Simeon and Anna. And you're going, oh, of course. And some of you are going, who the heck are they? <laughs> Simeon and Anna, let's check it out. It's in the Bible, in Luke chapter 2. Simeon and Anna. Luke chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open it up. Let your Bible be something you know and every page you get to know what's on your, where the verse is on what page and you can find things when you're looking for them. Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. Luke chapter 2 verse 21 and this is in the time immediately after Jesus was born. In fact it says eight days later. Luke chapter 2. Eight days later when the baby was circumcised he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. When it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child, so his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. See? I wasn't lying. It's there. Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, let, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, see, she's there too. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the... That's not Nathaniel, sorry. It's not Faniel. It's not Faniel. It's Faniel. 
from the tribe of Asher. Sorry, that's just to clarify that with my boys. Um, she was very old. Her husband died when she had been married only seven years. She lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshipping God and fasting with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favour was on him. So, detectives, Simeon and Anna had some things in common. What were they? Don't just listen and not listen and understand what it says. What did they have in common, Simeon and Anna? Firstly, it says that they were really old. They were really, really old. And in fact, it says that Anna was 84 years old, I think, in this translation. But actually, if you look at the original language, it's difficult to know if Anna was actually 84 years old or if she'd been, it's been 84 years since her husband died. So Anna maybe even was 104 years old. She's really, really old. And everyone in their 90s said, Amen. That's really old. Simeon and Anna were both really old. They were righteous. It says Simeon was a righteous man. Anna lived in the temple. She spent all her days worshipping and praising God with prayer and fasting. They were righteous. Doesn't mean they were perfect people, but they were people who lived to please God. The third thing, what if you know what it was? They were waiting. They were waiting for something. They were eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. They were both waiting. They were both ready and waiting. Who loves waiting? Who wished they had to woke up this morning and it had to been Christmas? Oh, there's a few hands going up. Actually, you know what? I can be really sad if you woke up and found out it was Christmas because Christmas Eve is half the fun. Don't you reckon? It's like the anticipation. It's like your birthday. It's, it's a, there's a build-up. It's the waiting. It's, it's fun, kind of. But if you've ever been waiting for something and it's just taking an eternity, you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you just feel like it's never going to come. Have you ever had that feeling? Well, God's people, Israel, had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. They'd been waiting for hundreds of years for the promised deliverer to come, the one who would save all people. They had been waiting and waiting and waiting and I think some of them had probably nearly given up. But Simeon and Anna hadn't. They were detectives. Maybe just sort of, a little bit, not really. <laughs> they were looking for the Messiah to come. They were waiting and looking. They knew that God was faithful. Sorry, I was going to say, why did God choose them? Because they were looking. They, were faith they knew God is faithful to his promises. And they were looking and they were waiting for the Messiah to come. I wonder, do you know what you want for Christmas? Anyone know what they want for Christmas? There's a spot on your page there to draw what you want for Christmas down the bottom there, kids. You know, I wonder how you decided what you want for Christmas. 
wonder, I wonder how you decided what it is you'd really like for Christmas. Maybe you saw someone else with that toy or with that car, big or small. Maybe you saw some uh, thing on TV and you thought, that's what I would love for Christmas. Normally, the things that we see and we, we like, we think, ooh, I want that. And then we start asking for it, don't we, kids? Or maybe bigger kids. We see something, we like it, we want it, and then we start asking for it. That's often what happens. Now, I want to explain something, kids. We don't always get what we want for Christmas. There's the sad fact. We can all go, oh, I'm sure we've all wished for some amazing thing for Christmas and discovered that that wasn't quite realistic, maybe. But we don't always get what we want for Christmas. But, but the truth is, if you ask for something, you're much, much more likely to get it, maybe, if you're really lucky, kids. <laughs> it's true. Let me read this saying to you. The way you look, there you go. The way you look, there you go. The things we look for, we go after. And if you've listened to people talking about driving cars safely, and if you're ever in a, a, in a tight situation where you think you're going to have a crash, they say, look for the gap. Look for the way you want to go, and you're more likely to head in that direction. I, I love bike racing, and, and in the sprint finish, it gets a little chaotic with arms and legs flying everywhere. And you don't look at the guy you don't want to run into. You look for the gap, and you hope you're going to make it. Praise God, I have so far. The, the, the way you look... There you go. The things that you focus on in life are the things that you will go after. The things that you want to do in life, the things you focus on, you'll take steps towards that. Maybe you want to be a world-famous baseball player and you'll, you'll, be, you'll, you'll train and you'll do your best to become a good baseball player. The way you look, there you go. If you're looking for a job, you'll, you'll search and hopefully find one. If you're not looking, you probably won't find one. If you're searching for the keys, hopefully, as you look, you'll find them. Sometimes we don't, but that's really frustrating. But generally speaking, the way you look, there you go. Have a listen to what Simeon says in verse 34. Luke chapter 2, verse 34, it says, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon says, Jesus is a sign that this baby that was going to be born was going to be a sign. Some are going to rise because of it. Some are going to fall because of it. I wonder, has anyone ever been bushwalking? Has anyone ever been bushwalking where there isn't a track? And uh, when you're out in the middle of the bush and you're walking and you're walking and you're walking and there's no signs, maybe there's not even a path, if you're there with a group of friends, you, you can be in the middle of the bush and say, I think we should go that way. And the other person might say, oh, we should go that way. And in the end... Who really knows? Just go and choose and hope you chose the right way. In fact, it's probably not a very safe way to travel. I don't advise it, but that's 
fair enough. There's no signs, just pick a path and go. But if you're walking along in the bush and you come across a sign, it says waterfall that way. You have a choice. Now, you can hear the water over that way. And you're thinking, the sign says that way, but the water sounds like it's over there. You have a choice. Do I trust the sign and go, all right, it doesn't seem to make sense, but let's follow the sign and go this way. Or you can say, I don't trust that sign. I can hear the water that way, and you walk off and find out there's a cliff and fall down. You didn't trust the sign. It's your fault. Jesus came as a sign from God to us for the, to the way to find life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to show us the way to heaven, the way to eternal life with God. We can choose to ignore the sign. We can choose to say, I don't believe the sign. But the sign is God's sign from heaven for us. It says the deepest, heart, the deepest thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. And the reality is, in many people's hearts, we don't want to admit that we can't earn our way to heaven. We want to think that we can do something to earn God's forgiveness. And in pride, many will fall because they refuse to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Saviour of all people. The deepest hearts of many will be revealed that choose to ignore the sign that God sent for us. And they will fall. But many others will rise who come to know that Jesus is our Saviour and our King and He came for each one of us. I wonder if you've ever been out in the bush and you're, you're walking or... For me, it's been mountain biking and uh, you're looking for little signs to, to go on the track and maybe they're little yellow signs about this sort of size and you're, you're riding along or maybe you're driving down the highway and you're looking for a big green sign with the white writing and the yellow number on it. You know the ones I mean. And you're, you're travelling along and you're looking for this sign, looking for this sign, looking for this sign and you just can't find it. And you get home eventually after getting lost for a couple of hours and... The next day you find out you were looking for the wrong colour sign. They've changed the sign. They're now pink and they're this big and they're this wide and they just look different. Sometimes we don't see the things that we're not looking for. Sometimes we look straight past the things that we don't think are relevant to us and we don't even see them. You don't always see what you're not looking for. I wonder what it is that God has for you that you're not looking for and you're just totally missing that God's putting in your path and in your life. I wonder what blessings God has for you that you're not seeing because you're not looking from God's perspective. I wonder what things we're looking for that are causing us to miss the things that God has for us because we're not looking for the things that are God's plan for our lives. Simeon and Anna were looking for the Saviour and they saw Him, they found Him and they praised God, they were so excited. They found the Saviour. Let me read to you, there's just three verses I want to read to you this morning. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. And kids, it's time to turn over the page if you haven't already. It says, Just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation 
to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Do you get that, kids? Jesus is coming again to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Who's eagerly waiting for Christmas? <laughs> I wonder who's eagerly waiting for Jesus to come back. Who's eagerly waiting to be fully restored to, God, to our heavenly bodies and, and fully have intimate relationship with our God and Saviour in heaven? That is so much greater than any birthday or Christmas celebration or even Christmas dinner and dessert. A hundred times over. Are we eagerly waiting for His return? I hope so. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 8, I have fought the good fight. This is Paul speaking. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. What does God have for us? A prize. Write that down. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I've... God has a prize for us. He gives us life and breath and words to speak. God has a prize. Who's it for? For all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. God has a plan for each one of our lives and He desires that every one of us would receive that prize that we would fight the good fight, that we would finish the race and be faithful to Him. But the question comes to my mind straight away saying, the prize is for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. What about those who are not eagerly looking forward to His appearing? If we get so focused on this life, if we get so focused on the things of this world, do we actually receive the prize for which He's called us too. Simeon said this, this, this sign, this baby, will cause many to rise, but also many to fall. Are we truly eagerly looking forward to His coming today? You know, there's a saying that says, in this life we can be too heavenly minded to be any, any earthly good. But I think the opposite is way more dangerous and so easily more true of each one of us. That we be too earthly minded to be any heavenly good. I'd much rather be too heavenly minded to be any earthly use than to be too earthly minded than any heavenly use. I said to Rochelle this morning, I hope this doesn't get too crazy this morning with giant magnifying glasses and things. I was just reminded of the verse that Paul says, if, I, if, I, if I'm in my right mind, it's for you. But if I seem crazy, it's because it's the glory of God. <laughs> I want to be so filled of the joy of my salvation, of who Jesus is. I would rather be too absorbed in Him than too absorbed in this world and what is in this world. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says this, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. 
But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. What a privilege, what an honor that we could be called the children of God, that we could be made clean and seen as holy and righteous in God's sight through this baby that was born, who later died on the cross. And kids, don't get confused. Jesus didn't die on the cross when he was three months old. So I know some kids get confused. It's like we have Christmas, and then three months later he's dying on the cross, and they get really confused. It's like he grew up really fast. How did that happen? Some of you are like, what? <laughs> Jesus came as a baby. He was born, he, he grew up, he never sinned, and he gave his life on the cross for your sin and for mine. That we could be forgiven, that we could have faith in him, that we could live for the glory of him, that we could be the holy people that he desires us to be for the glory of God. Don't feel condemned by that, feel privileged, feel Feel excited. Let us be reminded, let us remember every day what Jesus has done for us. It is finished. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to ask you this morning, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What is it, that thing that you think will just make life that little bit easier? What are you thinking, if I can just have this for Christmas, life would just be that little bit better? What are you looking for? What are you searching for in life? Let me read this statement to you this morning, and it's a bit of a, a blurring of all the different thoughts and things I was reading and, and thinking through the week. But Quite often, God draws our heart by stirring a desire that can only be satisfied in Him. Let me say it again. Quite often, God draws our heart by stirring a desire that can only be satisfied in Him. I want to ask you today, are you, if you're frustrated, I want to suggest to you today, if you're frustrated with life, if you are feeling disappointed, if you are feeling like things are unfair, quite possibly God is allowing the stirrings of your heart to be the thing that He would desire, would draw you towards Him, to cry out to Him, and that you would find peace and life and satisfaction. I think so often in our lives, we, we, we get to a point where we say, God, I, I, I need this, I, I want this, God, I, I, I've tried, I've tried, and I've failed. How can I have this desire in my heart? And God kind of says, finally, you're asking me. We, we search and we search and we search for things in this life, but the greatest thing we can find is satisfaction in Him. And quite possibly the frustrations, the, the things that are going on in our heart are simply there to allow us to get to that point where we will cry out to Him and say, God, help me, show me, lead me, use me, even through these challenges. You know, we've been reading through Ecclesiastes in the CFC Bible reading plan and this man searched out every pleasure he could find in this life. He had everything that someone could desire in this world and he found no joy in it. There was joy for a time, but the joy went away. And he said, in the end, the best thing to do is fear God. Live for Him. Make the most of every day. There's no, other, there's no greater purpose than to, to fear God and, and honour Him with your life. 
You know, we can come to Christmas time and our desire can be to try and get the best Instagram photo of Christmas. We can try and get the Christmas table looking perfect. We can try and get the perfect holiday, the perfect toy, just to try and find that little bit of something to make you feel better for a time. But there is no lasting joy or satisfaction in the things of this world. They can bring joy, they can be fun, they can be a blessing from God for a season. But the only way to find lasting joy, to find lasting satisfaction and hope for eternity is to look to Jesus, to God's love for you. This Christmas time I encourage you, be a detective. Search out the truth about Christmas, about what Jesus came for and look to Jesus. Look to God's love for you and find the joy, the true joy of Christmas, the true hope of Christmas for every one of us. It's better than the best toy you could ever get, kids. It's better than anything that can happen in this life. I've done some really fun things in life, but the best thing that has ever happened in my life, and Rochelle would say the same, so this is okay, it's not getting married, it's knowing Jesus is my saviour. It's knowing that He is my Saviour, that when I die, I will go to be with Him. It's the best thing that you can ever know, and it never gets old. It never loses its excitement unless we stop focusing on it. And I want to encourage you this morning. Let's focus on Him. Let's focus on His Word. Let's look to God. Let's look to His love for us. Let's read His Word. Let's be lovers of His Word, the Bible. Open it and say, God, speak to me. You know, there's never been a time in my life when I have needed guidance and help where I haven't opened God's Word and not found something to help me and lead me and guide me in this life. I want to encourage you, if you are feeling broken or lost or hurting, open His Word. We are so blessed to have copies of the Bible in abundance in this nation. If you don't have one, we'll give you one before you leave today. Open the Bible, look to Jesus. Secondly, I want to encourage you, celebrate together. Commit to celebrating together what Jesus has done for us every day of your life. But every week we come together as His church. And I want to encourage you, let's be a church that so values coming together to celebrate who Jesus is, what He's done. We need it. There are so many things that try and make us earthly-minded. I want to encourage you to be so committed to coming together as His people. And thirdly, I want to say, let's be people who pray. Let's not just say, oh, I'll pray for you. Or talk about praying. Let's actually stop and pray. Not just in the busyness while you're driving the car and when you're in church and when you're frantically trying to find that last minute Christmas present. But let's stop. Let's put time aside and say, God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your presence with me wonder how often do we stop truly? I think as, as, as the church in 2018 and heading into 2019, one of the challenges for us is to be actually a people who stop and pray. To actually stop and listen to what God is saying to us by the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to encourage you, if you're a person who makes New Year's resolutions, if you just want to make that commitment, I want to encourage you to be a person who stops and prays. I've got a, a journal I write in as I, as I pray and I talk to God. I want to encourage you to stop and pray. Because there is no greater joy than to know that you have relationship with God. Jesus died, He rose again, that we could not only have eternal life with Him, but life with Him. And if we can remember that, if we can truly discover that this Christmas, we will have a blessed Christmas. I'm going to ask the band to come. And we're going to finish this morning by just focusing on Him. He came as a baby, but this baby, Jesus, grew up to be the Saviour of all people. And this morning we're going to finish by singing. What a beautiful name it is. <laughs> what a beautiful name it is. And it's, just not, it's not just the letters J-E-S-U-S. It's who He is. It's what He has done. It's what this baby came to do. To set us free from the power of sin. That we could have life with Him. Let's stand this morning. Let's stand and adore Him and praise Him. And as we sing, we're going to take up our offering this morning as well. As we continue to worship Him and thank Him for who He is. Well, God, I just thank You that we can know You. God, I pray that You would help each one of us to be detectives to be people who search you out in every season of life, that we would know you, that we would know your love. That day by day by day, not just at Christmas time, not just on Sundays, but every day, Lord, the truth of who you are and what you have done would affect our lives. That we would be changed, that we would be set alight to be your light to this world. Help us, Lord, I pray, as we visit family and friends who don't know you this Christmas. Help us to be salt and light. Help us to be people who bring grace and peace into the room. Help us, Lord God, to truly be your ambassadors, to hold our tongue, to bite our tongue when we need to, Lord. But, Lord, to speak up the things that you're prompting us to speak by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for all the testimonies we have in your Word about who you are, about what you have done and that you have finished it all for us to have salvation. Oh Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for what you have done for us. This morning, if you're here for, well, maybe you've been here for a long time, and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, if you want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me, maybe you've never acknowledged what Jesus did for you, just in this moment, you can pray. And say, thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I finally see what you came to do, Jesus. Please forgive me for my sin. Help me to follow you and to eagerly look forward to all that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to encourage you too that maybe you have not been eagerly excited about Jesus coming back. I just want to encourage you that God does not condemn you for your failings. But let's refocus this morning. Let's refocus on what truly matters. Let's focus on the heavenly things. Let's focus on Him.
Let's sing together now.